98.9 with the CLC. It's a Studio Z edition of Live from the Archives, proudly supported by Bull Moose. We're getting ready uh, for a couple of shows this weekend at One Longfellow Square that we gave away our tickets to uh, actually earlier uh, this week. And we're with MC Taylor, his golden messenger. Thanks for doing this with us. I'm glad to be here. You've thank been doing this for a couple of years, but we've never had you in before, so thank yeah. you for doing this. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I love Maine. I think of it, um, I love Portland, and you know, it's, I, I think of it as a second home of sorts. I'm, I married always f- to, I'm married to a Mainer, so. And that makes it a lot easier to come up here for vacation. <laughs> yeah. So this is the time of year you come up every year? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there might be a, a week of wiggle room on either end, but this is about the time that we come, yeah. And the holidays, too, if you can? And the holiday, oh, like the... Um, you know, <laughs> like the typical... Like yeah. <laughs> no, I, we, we generally stay down <laughs> south when it's cold here. <laughs> I don't blame it. I do always... Uh, there's been a handful of times where we've had musicians in on their vacations, and uh, we had Scott Hutchison from Frightened Rabbit a few years ago, and he came up like five days early before the start of the tour. And I was like, I'm so sorry to take you away from the beach when you were up here, you know, yeah, just trying... No, it's fine, but I will say today is the first day I feel like I've put on long pants and shoes. Same. Um, in quite some time. Yes. So, but you know, it, it was a, it was a good reason to get up and out of bed and um, not sit on the porch and read a book. I don't know if there's any good reason <laughs> to take you away. That sounds kind of nice. One of the first things that I, I wanted to tell you is uh, back in March we had Don Wazen as a guest DJ with oh, us, yeah. and he did Saturday Song. That was one of his six songs that he had picked. Yeah. And I'll tell you something um, about Don Waz. He's an amazing dude. If you've met him truly like uh, a gift to music because he's not salty about it like the fact that he knows about his golden messenger tells you <laughs> everything you might need to know <laughs> he has no reason to know about his gold messenger but he's obviously still researching but anyway um, i was out in california a couple couple weeks ago and i wrote to don and said hey i'm gonna be there you want to get a cup of coffee or something and he wrote back and said Let's get together. Come to Ringo Starr's birthday party. <laughs> so, so I drove up to the Capitol building, and I was Don Was's plus one at Ringo Starr's birthday party, which was pretty cool. And had you known him before that? Don. Uh, I only, Don. No, no. I I only knew him because I had heard that he was um, he was a fan of the music that I make, and he I got an email from a Don Was address, like kind of out of the blue. That was really so complimentary. I thought it was not real, um, but it turns out, of course, it was. It was done out of the blue note. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. right. Uh, but yeah, he told us what a what an incredible songwriter. You know, he was going through some of the classic stuff too, and then he played some Lord Nero and 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 you. And he, that was the note that he made. And I said, okay, well, if he comes back around in August, we got to make sure that he knows. Uh, that oh, Don, Don so came cool. to Maine. He was on the Wolf Brothers tour with Bob Weir. Oh, yeah. They had a show at the State Theater. So he came to the station, took an hour out of his day, and played music and told stories for yeah. an hour. It was great. What a cool what a cool person. It was. That's awesome. One of the first things I wanted to ask you about, too, is, and I know you get this question a lot, this, the folklore stuff that you were doing in North Carolina. Can you explain that to people who, who don't know that part of your life? Yeah, sure. Um, you're referring to the... The fact that I worked as a folklorist, yeah. So I worked as a folklorist for the state of North Carolina, a few different agencies. This was before music got busy enough that I started doing it full time. Um, I would I would get hired by by an agency um, in in North Carolina to go 
basically document um, mostly music. Sometimes it was other stuff, but it was mostly music in, um, you know, fairly rural areas, but in the eastern part of the state. There's been a lot of documentation um, of all kinds of vernacular or or traditional, um, you know, practices, music, uh, foodways, quilting in in the in the western part of the state. But not so much in the eastern part of the state. So at the time I was doing that work, I was spending a lot of time sort of between Raleigh and the coast. There's about 100 miles and change of, of territory between, you know, kind of where I live and, and out at the water. So how did that change, <laughs> or I guess how did that uh, affect the music that you made after that to be able to interact with those kind of artist you know um it it affected it kind of in a maybe a bit a bit of an oblique way like i didn't um you know i i i love traditional music um american traditional music i I think of it as kind of at the root of what i do although i i do it in a way that is i feel like is unique to me um i'm not the type of musician that um you know there there are a lot of people in in the world of folklore and old-time music that you know they have a whole catalog of like fiddle tunes and and their variants in their brains and i i don't really i don't that's not the way that i work i don't think but um you know just being in these small communities where music was serving a um a community function it wasn't about um you know it wasn't about necessarily playing for a huge audience or making money it was just something around which the community would gather and just seeing that like sort of week after week i think recentered me and it just served as a powerful reminder about the good that music can do you know um I think maybe I had I had lost sight of that a little bit over the years, and and seeing that, seeing the way that music existed in those places was was great. We're with MC Taylor, his school, the Messenger, two shows at One Longfellow Square this weekend on uh, Friday and on Saturday. One more question about that the the uh, folk I say I can't even say it right folklorist <laughs> part of it. So were you recording that music, or are you yeah. interviewing everything? All of it. I would be recording. I would be. Um, shooting video I would be interviewing people Um, some of the people were truly great musicians and some were um, you know they they might not have been technically the best but there was something about them that that put them at the center of the community because often I would start with one phone number and I would call that person in that little town and say hey I'm I'm so and so doing this project I was told that you're a musician that I should talk to who else should I come talk to and then it was it was so simple the last thing that I want to ask you about is I've seen this quote from you a number of times about your music as the book of your life Mm -hmm. can you explain that (laughs) well um you know I uh not not all of my music is autobiographical, but there I think the feeling of the music is is genuine to how I feel. 
you know what I mean? Like there is, there is an emotional complexity, I think, to, to, to my music. At least I try and make it that way because that's, that's how my life feels. It's happy and sad and at the same time. Um, so, you know, there's some, there are some true things in my music and a lot of made up stuff, but the, the, the vibe of it is, is real. And, you know, the longer I do this, the longer the, the book gets. Another volume. Another volume or chapter, maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're with MC Taylor, his school, the messenger, a pair of shows at One Longfellow Square this weekend on Friday and Saturday. Actually, I had one more question. Did you have to bring a birthday present to Ringo, or is it like, hey, you don't have to bring anything? No, I think Ringo doesn't want birthday presents. That was fair. I, yeah. I just wasn't sure if that's a... It's like a Visa gift card or something. You know? Well, we did. I, yeah, we were, my wife and I were joking, like, what are you going to bring Ringo for his birthday? She was like, I mean, you could get him like a gas card, like maybe a prepaid, a prepaid Chevron gas card, or maybe he wants a Cold Stone Creamery gift card, because <laughs> I think we have some of those around. Yeah, a new hat. I don't know. You want to do one more for us before you yeah, get out of here? Yeah, yeah, I'll do one more. Um, I'm going to play this tune that um, is also on the new record uh, called Cat's Eye Blue. And, and um, the, the way that I'm going to play it right now is the way that it was written before, before it was recorded with a different sort of vibe. Um, so if you know this song, this is the, this is the way that I wrote it. 